From North State Public Radio, I'm Ava Norgrove with your headlines for Thursday, February 22nd. The language we use can shape the way we respond to the homelessness crisis. One expert says the labels we use for those experiencing homelessness have lasting consequences. Labels do have a lot of power. Oftentimes labels can be stigmatizing. There are people that are actually experiencing these situations. It's not a status that people necessarily hold on to forever. Jamie Chang is an associate professor at UC Berkeley. Her research focuses on unhoused people and how societal structures impact their health and safety. Hateful rhetoric, she says, usually comes from repeated misunderstandings. The impressions that we have in our mind about what and who is homeless doesn't entirely match up with the reality of who's experiencing homelessness. Chang says the housing crisis isn't going away anytime soon. If we want to make positive changes in our communities, she says, it's time we learn to have productive conversations about homelessness. We'll have more on this topic coming up later in headlines. Stay tuned. For now, the next time people need to evacuate from a wildfire in Yuba County, they'll encounter one less confusing message. That's what county officials say as they sunset the evacuation advisory label. NSPR's Jamie Young has the story. From now on, emergency managers in Yuba County will only use two labels, an evacuation order and an evacuation warning. The evacuation order is urgent. You need to leave now. With a warning, people have a little time. There's a threat nearby your residence, nearby your zone. That's Oscar Marin, Emergency Operations Manager for Yuba County. We need to ev- evacuate you in a timely manner to avoid a possible order. The county used to issue evacuation advisories for areas that weren't in danger but should stay alert, though not as alert as those under an evacuation warning. According to Yuba County officials, it's caused some confusion in the past. With the advisory label gone, Yuba County is now in line with state emergency services guidelines. Marin says that makes it easier to work with other local governments in California. That way we're all pretty much in the same same language, I guess, world. Local governments using different evacuation messaging proved dangerous in recent wildfires. It's an international problem, too. Olaf Neusner is an expert in disaster risk reduction. He argues there needs to be an international movement to standardize emergency alerts. I noticed that within many countries, the systems are not harmonious and not uh, always the same, and uh, much more actually across countries. The number of levels of evacuation alerts, the messaging, and the color coding of those alerts, Neusner says all those things should be standardized here and across the globe. Now that it's following state recommendations, Yuba County is more like other North State counties, including Butte, Shasta, Tehama, and Trinity counties. In Chico, I'm Jamie Jiang. Pacific Gas and Electric Company will host a virtual town hall this week. Company spokesperson Paul Moreno says officials will update North Valley and Sierra customers on work it's doing in the region. PG&E officials will also be taking participants' questions. The meeting begins at 5.30 this evening. Information on how to join is posted on PG&E's website. And in other news, the city of Oroville is launching a series of classes to educate residents about local government. Called Civics 101, the program is intended to give the community insight into the roles of various city departments. According to a press release from the city, each class will be led by a department head, for example, public works. Staff will talk about the department's role and responsibilities. Eight classes will be held on the second Thursday of each month, starting in March. 
And finally, as we grapple with the housing crisis as a nation, the words we use and the way we talk about the situation has a direct impact on how we respond to it. Jamie Chang is an associate professor at UC Berkeley. Her research focuses on unhoused people and how societal structures affect their health and safety. She told NSPR how we label someone without a home is just the tip of the iceberg. It seems as though there's been, you know, a shift, you know, toward using terms like unhoused or houseless, you know, and, you know, for advocacy purposes, because it shifts away the, the lens or the crux from, you know, a person uh, missing something or um, being um, defective in some way, you know, being homeless. There is a lot of hate that's directed towards unhoused individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Where do you think that kind of comes from? Real stigmatizing language surrounding homelessness um, escalated really during the 1970s, during the deinstitutionalization period, when um, there were more unhoused people who are visible just out on the street. Um, it leads to a lot of the um, the visible aspects of homelessness that you know, people don't want in their communities, really. These folks don't have shelters and they don't have homes to go to. And so um, they have to live their lives outside in these public types of ways. A lot of hate towards encampments and unhoused people in general is directed toward a perceived safety threat of sorts to the general public, you know, theft or vandalism. Could you talk about this? Is there any merit to those fears? Like, where do they kind of come from? I think, you know, people's fears are and concerns are always going to be valid. But I do think that we have to interrogate, you know, whether or not, you know, the data really supports this idea that encampments are are incredibly unsafe places. The the public safety issues surrounding encampments um, have a lot to do with the fact that they are folks who are unhoused and off the grid. You know, folks are unable to find shelter and they still have to, you know, find a way to warm themselves and eat. And, you know, we see things like encampment fires occurring, um, which are a public safety risk. But that, I think, has direct, you know, is a direct consequence of the fact that there is simply no infrastructure for people who are unsheltered. Sadly, of course, the real unsafety, the lack of safety is within the community in, in, the, in, in the sense that, you know, most of the risks, the, the fires, the, the levels of exposure, um, the disease, the violence is within the homeless community and people who are homeless are the ones that are suffering the most. There are a ton of complicated factors at play when you're talking about the homelessness crisis. Um, yeah. How can we discuss it more productively and have those really tough conversations? You know, there is certainly too much hostility and vitriol <laughs> around this topic. It's it's palpable. It's, it's palpable, right? I mean, we can can almost feel it. Um, I think a lot of us on all sides of this issue really want to resolve homelessness. Ultimately, what that means is we as a society have to come to an agreement that everyone deserves housing and everyone deserves basic basic resources in order to survive in this economy, which has these massive disparities. And, and for me, that means having these rational conversations around a universal basic income, universal basic housing. That sounds like a pipe dream, I think, to many people, but it's not. I mean, we have studies that show that universal basic income and universal basic housing could, could make a huge dent in homelessness-related issues. And I think that ultimately we need that type of structural change um, to really address this issue long term. 
That was Jamie Chang, an associate professor at UC Berkeley. And those are your headlines for Thursday, February 22nd. Our theme song is Burrow and courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions. For more local and state news, head to our website, mynspr.org. For NSPR News, I'm Eva Norgrove.